Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Adam Pranica. I'm your other host, Ben Harrison. How's it going, Ben? It's going pretty good. Yeah? Do you have anything thought up for the beginning of the show? We don't really need this part on the show, but we always do something. And we never plan it, which I think is great. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I was talking to our friend Chris Bannon of... Uh, of the uh of the wolf den podcast friend of the show chris bannon and uh he was he was he hadn't heard our show yet Uh, this was kind of early early days and he's like well what happens on it i was like well we start with like two or five minutes of banter and he's like okay it sounds like a podcast so far (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure you're contractually and legally obligated to begin any podcast with between three and five minutes of bullshit well at the risk of i believe that's the marin rule right right at the at the risk of uh making it too formalized i think that we do have a few categories of things like we'll either talk about a embarrassing thing that happened to us with regards to the show, yeah. or we'll talk about uh, opening some cards. You know, like the, we have like a couple of almost segments at this point that we can slot into this space. Yeah, it's do, true. Do Do you want to open some cards? It's nothing stopping us. Our duty is to open them until they're gone, and then we're really fucked. Yeah. All right, let's do it. The game is five cards stud. The game is exceedingly simple. Or does it just the cards there? Time to pluck a pigeon. Are you going to open some, and, or should I? Or should we yeah, both? Yeah, let's, let's open together okay. in case one of us gets a clunker. Ben, I was reading recently that all of this card opening might be for naught in our, in our quest for a natural Jaeger. Why do you say that? Because there is no Biff Jaeger card in these packs. No, like, I don't think bi- that's true. I thought I read the Biff Jaeger was a special thing that they stuck in cases, like for collector card sellers. I don't know about that. I think that... Did I misread that? The fact that we the signature cards we do have look like the exact same series as the Biff Jaeger ones that we've seen pictures of uh-huh. makes me think that we may find a natural Jaeger yet. We may find, like, some total other character, but... Holy shit, Ben. I got another special card. God damn it. <laughs> this one is Bator of Lursa and Bator. <laughs> it's just a painting of her and her cleavage and uh, and her name. And that's all it says. It is card U17, so it must be a special card. Yeah, they're definitely some throwing kind. some cards in here that aren't like the ones that they commissioned for the series. How about that? I'm going to stick that in the pile next to uh, Commander Sunad, uh, the Charles Dennis card, as you remember him, mm-hmm. and my Sterling Macer Jr., my, my two most prized cards. <laughs> uh, my first card is the Naked Now. Excellent. Yeah. Finally got one. Um, I also have Elementary Tier Data, and I have one that's just Worf. <laughs> <laughs> The so you one got, is really great. So you got a, a Worf version of the Bator card I have? I guess so. That's great. Yeah, it's got a little uh, silver inlay on the on his name. 
That's what I got. Yeah, cool. Nice. I'm glad we both got special cards. Yeah. Rounding out my pack, I've got Deja Q, The Survivors, Skin of Evil, and Homeward. Homeward is one that I don't believe we have seen before. Looks like uh, the outline of someone wearing a hazmat suit and a picture of the Enterprise going toward a, uh, a bullseye. I'm always down for a hazmat suit. Always down. That's why you keep one in your nightstand. Mm-hmm. Just, just in case I ever have to outrun Worf and they put uh, they put gas into the into the into the atmosphere. I know this about you, Ben. It's uh, glasses off, hazmat suit on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have Remember Me, which I believe you opened uh, recently. It's the uh, it's the one where people are disappearing on the ship and. Beverly's the only one that's aware of it. Boy, you you gotta love a Beverly Crusher-centered episode. And then I've got Gambit Part 2. The sequel to the original Gambit. Yeah. I think this is that one where Card and Riker get, like, abducted or something. Oh, really? This time they go together? Unlike yeah. the last episode? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it. Well, fun cards. Yeah. I'm excited I got a, a Wharf card. I feel like this is like the first really, truly good one I've gotten since I got Baxter. Yeah, I've, I've started to feel guilty that I'm really kicking your ass in the cool card department. Yeah, well, I think Wharf is as cool as anyone I've opened aside from George Baxter. So. As cool as they get. I completely agree. All right, well, uh, with that bit of bit behind us... Uh, how'd you like to turn the page to Season 3, Episode 19, Captain's Holiday? This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. Let's turn the page, as Picard does so many times in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the cold open is some weird lobster face aliens beaming down to a tropical planet and... Like going to the hotel directory and asking where Captain Picard is staying, and the directory has no record of Picard being there. And they're like, Could we have miscalculated? These two aliens look like glittery chocolate cupcakes. <laughs> yeah, they're real, uh, they're real weird. It's like, a, every if, time. If you're going to portray someone that is quote unquote of the future on a show that's already in the future, you get to get pretty fucking weird. Yeah. And uh, and that's what these people are. They definitely also feel like they came from the same imagination that gave us the Jay Leno aliens in the last episode. Yeah. Like, whoever yeah. whoever they have doing creature effects right now in the show's history is like, eh, this type of stuff. <laughs> well, we can't do those garbage bags again. That's out. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Captain is uh, back on the ship after negotiating a trade agreement and he's just a ball of stress he's like giving clipped answers to people's questions and just like Ugh. like if anybody needs me i'll be in my ready room drinking tea or i'll gray hot yeah his his posture is all kind of slouchy he's looking a little dour he's this, looking a little yesterday's enterprise yeah. facially you know yeah that's true and uh <laughs> This is one of the weirdest throw to opening credits sequence uh, that they've done yet, which is yeah. Troy goes, I know what the captain needs. Our captain needs a vacation. Buh? 
And then they just play that song, that vacation all I ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a drop and not me singing, by the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sort of like weird tonally, right? It is really weird. It's like... Uh... They don't care about Picard's well-being at any other point. Right. Well, it's almost as if they need to create a show around us. Yeah. Around it, right? It's funny. And and it's also just an ep that spends a lot of time kind of redefining what it's going to be. You know? Like, yeah. Like the plot. It's so plotty because they kind of reset the plot a bunch of times. Yeah. Like we're we're fairly deep into it before Picard has even been convinced to go on this vacation. There's a lot of goofing around where like Riker will hop on the elevator with him and be like, Hey, uh, what do you think about uh, doing that vacation that the doctor almost ordered you to do? And Picard eventually just just gives in because they threaten him with taking Loxana Troy aboard. Yeah. The doctor is a fun scene with Picard where she basically reads the list of symptoms that uh, that Leslie Nielsen's character reads to the <laughs> cockpit in uh, Airplane. It's a classic case of stress-related ailments brought on by overwork. Exhaustion, irritability... Muscle spasms. At this point, the entire digestive system collapses, accompanied by uncontrollable flatulence, until finally the poor bastard is reduced to a quivering, wasted piece of jelly. Yet he insists on ignoring it. Picard uh, clearly uh, had the fish for dinner. <laughs> they they kind of wear him down, right? Yeah. And and the last straw is that they're saying like, oh yeah, we're gonna pick up Troy's mom on the way to whatever our next thing is, and uh, Picard essentially vetoes the Luaxana app. Yeah, which is great. So yeah. at that exact moment, nobody overrides Picard, his veto. Troy's like, yeah, my mom's coming. It's gonna be great. And Picard throws to Riker. He's like, uh, we need to talk in my ready room right now. <laughs> and on the walk by, in the mid background. Uh, Marina Sirtis is like, yes! <laughs> Got him! Yeah, exactly. That was fun. I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah. So Riker and Troy are walking Picard to the transporter room. Yeah. And Picard is is wearing the standard like holiday apparel of like the half-pirate V-neck. <laughs> Very poofy sleeves. Yeah. He's got... He, the sleeves have like has a, have like skirts that go all the way down and and this is something that you see only in the corridor on the walk to the transporter room he's wearing pleated pants and somehow rocking tremendously low neck <laughs> yeah Picard's packing you know like real saggy neck <laughs> which you wouldn't think were possible in some pleated pants yeah you, that's like uh it's meant to it's meant to be more modest than that yeah. But there's Mad yeah. Nuck. Oh, super mad. Captain's Nuck. You can see all the pips. Yeah. They 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 really went to town on on uh how much Nuck there is in this program. You know? I don't think I ever really like thought about it uh as a kid, but like this show makes an effort to show us some some man package uh on a fairly regular basis. Gladys Knight and the Pips. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he calls it. And this isn't the first time you see Captain's Nuck. Captain's Nuck is basically third billing in this episode. Yeah. 
yeah, Gladys Knight is uh, her, her. She's the first name that that uh, fades up after the after the credits roll. You know, all the featured players and introducing Gladys Knight as Captain Snook. Yeah. <laughs> um, as uh, as he's preparing to beam down, Riker uh, says, "Like, hey, by the way, grab me one of these things that they got down there. It's called a horgon." It's like a it's like a souvenir that you can get on Risa. Picard's like, all right, I guess you got it. Riker's the guy right now who's been to Vegas every year for the last twenty years and is telling a newcomer like how to do it. Right. It's like, all right, you want to stay in this casino? Mm-hmm. You want to eat at this restaurant? Yeah. Don't go to this casino. Gun. That place is a dump. Yeah. This exactly. is a class joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's not smarmy about it. Like, no. everyone knows that guy who has the vacation recommendations, but Riker's not pushy. He knows he knows who he's talking to. Right. He's not going to be... Picard's not going to be into the same good time that Riker's into. Right. But Riker wants him to be. This Horgon that he asked him to get is uh, is a bit of a prank because... Picard obtains one and then is like chilling on the planet surface trying to read a book and women are just throwing themselves at him and like offering him sexual favors and he's like he, he he's eventually just like cheesed off enough with one of them and he's like can you please fucking knock it off with trying to fuck me and she's like well why do you have the horgon out the horgon is the Rysian symbol of sexuality and he's like ooh. <laughs> So not only does Picard have the Horgon out, he is wearing, like, a bandana around his captain's nook. Yeah. Like, he is wearing very short shorts, and mm-hmm. he's got the Horgon, a combination that is, uh, is like, catnip yeah. to, these, to these women on Risa. And this is quintessentially Picard, right? The first thing he does is go run his errand for Riker. Like, <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets like, all the business out of the way first. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's got his, like, you know... 2,000-year-old book that he's reading. Yeah. He doesn't even blast one out in the hotel room before going down to the pool like a gentleman. <laughs> so the first thing... Actually, the first first thing that happens when he beams down is he's, like, he's like literally just materialized, and he's walking, walking toward hotel check-in or whatever, and this beautiful woman comes running around the corner and just basically throws herself into his arms and starts kissing him. And it's because she's trying to distract a Ferengi... Or make this Ferengi not want to come up and talk to her. And uh, he goes like, oh, I, I guess you've uh, mistaken me for someone else. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, that must be it. So uh, we'll, we'll reconnect with her later. But uh, when, when Picard is out here trying to, out, trying to read his book, uh, the, that Ferengi comes and, like, steps into the, the light that Picard is bathing in and starts threatening Picard. He says he wants this disc. This Ferengi, Sovak, is wearing a a true blue Cosby sweater, isn't it? (laughs) Like, this is not standard pool attire. Yeah, and Picard Picard squints up at him and is like, That's a nice sweater you're wearing, Theo! (laughs) Where did you buy that? Is there a gift shop on the planet's surface, Rudy? (laughs) A waitress... Two more pudding pop drinks. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, see? laughs> Yeah, good times. 
Um, and this fucking Ferengi is the most annoying Ferengi we've met so far. Yeah, and this is the same guy that plays Quark's brother in Deep, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Same actor. Um, he's got a real underbite. Yeah, he's got some. He's got some gnarled teeth for sure. Um. So. So yeah. So there's a bunch of shit that happens here and it's a little hard to remember like exactly what order it happens in i think we can do this ben suffice it to say there there are several players in this game that is about to be afoot there is the frangi who uh funded vash the woman who kissed picard uh early on uh in in stealing the the like treasure map to this to this macguffin thing called the Tox Utat. Now, there are also these uh, these aliens that look like the chocolate, chocolate cupcakes who are who claim to be security You, you cosmed that description, didn't you? You got the chocolate! <laughs> Shut up. They, they claim to be security officers from the 27th century who are tracking down this object, the Tox Utat, because it was like stolen from the future and hidden in the past, and it's I guess like a super powerful weapon uh, of some kind. And so Picard, upon coming across all these people, agrees with Vash to uh, team up with her to go find this thing. And so they they are like trying to leave the resort area when the Ferengi catches up with them and like puts a gun and. Picard's back, and he's like, you're going to take me to it now. And uh, Picard uh, manages to, like, to, like, disarm the Ferengi and punch his lights out. And so they, they head off, and they they uh, go spelunking. It is a guiding principle of a dark meeting base. Have you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. The Tox Utat is reputed to be in this system of caves. And so... The uh, I guess it's like a long enough trip that they have to camp inside the cave, and uh, this is they, where they bring along a Ghostbuster style proton pack yeah. backpack with them. And I just uh, wanted to say that. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was worth saying. It's uh, got some cups. It's got some barware on yeah, it, which I got, thought was nice. Yeah, and it's got a couple of shovels in the back. Um, yeah, they make camp, and Picard and Vosh totally bang. Yeah. It's like the, I think, as far as I can remember, the first time the captain, not under the duress of some alien influence, has had like a healthy uh, relationship with somebody more similar to his own age. Well, even Picard's Indiana Jones getup has that deep V. Yeah. He's working the deep V into a lot of his costuming. Yeah. Which, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell in any other circumstance but i think picard can go chest to chest with Riker in, in the chest hair department yeah definitely great looking chest hair if it's not quite as prodigious as Riker's. yeah very noble yeah very commanding yeah real squared away ben yeah he gives good chest and uh they get down in this cave and then like the next morning they find where the Tox Utat is supposed to be buried, and they start digging for it, and the Vorgons appear, and that's the uh, chocolate cupcake aliens. I'm just realizing that they're they're called the Vorgons, and there's also an object in this episode called the Horgon. 
Yeah. Who the fuck writes this shit? It's very confusing. Give me a break. You could call them anything. Yeah, the object is called a uh, temporary name. And <laughs> TK, the, uh, TK. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. You, you got to fix it before shoot. Or at least, like, loop something in after you shoot. I don't know. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. It's really hard to do a show like this when both the aliens and the object are so similarly named. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's based on a true story, so... <laughs> so we're stuck with it. <laughs> uh, so, so the Forgons are going to stand there and just watch them dig <laughs> until they get the Tox Utat. And uh, Vash is like, fuck you. Like, you're going to give it to these assholes? Um, because she, like, wanted to give it to, to the Daystrom Institute, or so she claimed. Picard suspected that she really just wanted to sell it. And uh, then the Ferengi shows up, and everybody knows he just wants to sell it to the highest bidder. So, And and Sovak's packing again. Yeah, and this time he's upgraded from extremely weak-looking pistol to pretty threatening-looking, like, two-handed assault rifle. Yeah, it's like a dustbuster with some handlebars. <laughs> yeah, yeah a and cow skull strapped to the front of it. <laughs> little streamers on the side. <laughs> so they dig and dig and dig, and they do not find this uh, this MacGuffin. And hey, Ben. Yeah. Patrick Stewart's looking pretty ripped in this scene. Did yeah. you notice that? Oh, yeah. Well, he probably, he probably uh, prepped for it by digging a bunch of holes, you know. Captain's kind of jacked. He might be more jacked than Jordy. Who knows? I mean, we haven't seen Jordy take his top off. No, we sure haven't. And I hope we never do. Are you kidding? That's that's so spankable. I can't imagine anything greater. Oh, no. How dare you ruin a noble character like Jordy for me? <laughs> so they all just, like, leave in disgust. And the next day, Vash is, like, trying to, trying to check out of the resort and Picard comes to her room and he's like, nice try, asshole. I know that you already have the Tox Utat. That was the only way to get the Ferengi off your back. She's like, yeah, it turns out I actually do. And I hid it in this Horgon. And so she opens it up and shows it to Picard. I don't really know why she admitted this to him. Yeah. I guess she just didn't have a good way of like ensuring it would be where she had hidden it if she left with him or whatever. Nothing makes sense in this episode, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of logic is brought to bear on any of the plot points. So the uh, the Vorgons show up, and they're like, great, thanks. Can you give that to us now? We're going to go. And Vash is like, you're going to give it to these assholes? You didn't trust me. What makes you think you could trust them? These are the assholes that have been trying to steal it the entire time. They are not security officers. And Picard's like, whoa, I should have totally made sure that they were who they claimed to be. Damn. <laughs> They just told me they were from the future, and I took it for face value the entire time. Like, I'm Captain Picard. I love lawyering everyone. But these guys, forget it. Yeah. I believed them. I'm super credulous around around these cupcake guys. They just look so tasty. Yeah, and so Vash is like, uh, you can't let these people have it. And that's when Picard uh, unleashes his plan B. Yeah. Which is uh, moments before he had radioed up to Riker and was like, look, uh, I need you to institute transporter code number 14. And he's like, wait for my signal. Get it ready to go. And right before we cut back to Picard, Riker turns around to Worf and is like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, there, for a moment, I think you were meant to believe that there is no such thing as, <laughs> as code 14. Yeah. 
So what it is revealed to be is locking on to Picard's communicator and blowing it up. Yeah. So he he snatches the tox utat, puts his, his his communicator on it, and like does a shoulder roll out of the way, and then it it like dematerializes and explodes at the same time. Yeah. And, and the Vorgons are like, "You have done an amazing thing here today. You have fulfilled <laughs> your destiny." Like they make the case that that's what they were expecting him to do, do the whole time. Yeah. We were really from the future, we swear. This is how it was all supposed to go. It's like someone totally biffing a skateboard stunt and being like, "Yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> that was the trick the whole time." Like dusts himself off and and, and skates away. That was like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. Good job, Picard. We're out of here. Yeah, and then uh, Vash is like, "Hey, you need like a hot Lara Croft type on your on your ship." And Vash basically asks to occupy the archaeologist job posting that we know is available on that ship. Yeah, and he's like, uh, "Because Slickback's mom died." Right. And he's like, uh, you know, like people definitely die from having that job, so <laughs> probably not for you. It is literally the most dangerous job on our ship right now. <laughs> it's the reddest of shirts that you can possibly get. <laughs> we give you red pants. The job is so red. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they have a little smooch, and uh, and that's the end of the episode. My love is a I like Vash. Yeah, she's a great foil for Picard. Yeah, they have they have real cool energy, like cool flirting. Like she's definitely a great uh, a great like she's she's well written and she's she's like totally her own person. She's not just like a flat, idiotic sex object kind of character, which the writers of this show seem so tempted to write, even for characters that we've already established are not. She is already so much more of a character than Deanna Troy, and that's sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Troy was a character for a while, but they've definitely like taken some, some steps back with her. She does a great service to the character of Picard, too. Like, she's dangerous in a way that is not, like, lethal or anything to him. Right. Like, she shakes him up and gets him out of his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, guess what, Ben? That's how you grow as a character. Dang. You, you get out of your comfort zone, don't you? So you're saying I should not just go through the routine of my life and never do anything that scares me a little bit? You could try. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that, Adam. You could try displaying a horgon, like in the <laughs> in the form of a colored bandana, which is out of your back pocket, which is basically what a horgon is, right? Yeah, I don't think my wife would take too kindly to that. <laughs> We don't really know what a horgon is supposed to communicate, right? Is it basically uh, dicks open for business? Yeah, yeah. Come, come get this sweet D. So Picard beams back up to the Enterprise, and Riker is like, You got my horgon? And Picard gives him that look like, I know what you were trying to do. Yeah, we gotta, we're going to have to have a little chit-chat about that bub. And Riker like unzips his uniform and shows like the Danny Trejo sized Horgon chest tattoo that he has, <laughs> like Horgon life in in old English lettering across his belly. Yeah, what does that stand for? 
I feel like uh, Risa was Riker's little secret for a long time, and mm-hmm. he saw this moment as a way to, you know, become friendly with Picard in, in not just a, you know, official capacity, like take their relationship to the next level. I thought that yeah. was cool. This is a fun episode. It was fun. It was very stupid, but it didn't kneecap itself. Yeah, let's let's not mince words. This was a this was a terrible episode, but it was also fun. Yeah, well, like I mean, it shows the potential for not ha- like not having to be awful while being stupid. Yeah, you know, like it's fine to have a dumb episode from time to time. That's like light and just fun to yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah, that's what this was, and it's great because I think this really sets the table for a season and maybe even a series. That's maybe just all about Captain Picard having fun. Nothing bad's going to happen to him, especially in season three. I don't get that feeling. No. I think, uh, I think he's, he's going to remain untouched. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find any deep V-style drunk Shimodas? Drunk Shimoda! Uh, <laughs> I did. It's going to be Picard. It's a very short little scene that I just thought was really funny and... Uh, proved to me that he was the character having the most fun in this episode in the like brief moment in between captain picard beaming down and bumping into vosh a bathing suit clad woman walks past him and they actually just have a shot of him turning around to look at her butt <laughs> 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 it's like i cannot believe that we are seeing a character on this show check a butt out like th- that they edited that clip in. <laughs> Holy shit. I really want to know whether that was on the page or if that was a direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to know the answer to that so bad. I know. This seemed like a really fun episode to direct. Yeah, totally. Like, man, I don't know. It's, it's a nice little field trip. It's uh, it's definitely not outside. Mm-hmm. They They do that thing where they... They do the the fake outside scene. Yeah, that, inside for outside. Yeah, and they are, they're not doing a great job with that, yeah. especially because they do such a good job on like the Malibu planet, you know? Right. Like you can you know the difference for sure. My Shimoda is definitely there's the choice between giving it to the character of Picard or giving it to Patrick Stewart, but I think this is the second episode in a row I'm going to give it to Patrick Stewart. Wow. Who like. He's so game for all of this, right? Like yeah. he's pu- he's putting on the headband, swim shorts. He's he's looking at asses. Yeah. Like he's a uh, He's he seems, he's confident he's, in his ability to portray this character in a very different scenario. Yeah, he sees this coming. He knows the stakes what the stakes are for his character. It's a total right turn that sort of illuminates the character in a totally different light. And he's totally game. Like yeah. I thought it was super fun. And sort of like the last episode we watched, if he played it a little too broad or a little too tight, it doesn't work. But he found the sweet spot where it's credible and good. And like this could be a character ruining episode for Picard (laughs) so easily, couldn't it? Yeah. Like if he's if he's cartoonish with the ass look, if he like turns into Riker with Vash. Yeah. And and suddenly becomes something he's not, like like Risa could have turned Picard into Riker and it didn't and and everyone knew better than to make it like that like right. it's a fish out of water story in sort of reverse totally so I I don't know I thought I thought practically the episode did a great job and Patrick Stewart himself just kind of threaded the needle again as he does 
One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. What do we have on the docket for the next episode? The next episode is season three, episode 20, Tin Man. 
The crew is thrust into a deadly showdown with the Romulans over a newly discovered life form in a remote star system. Do you remember mm. this episode, Adam? No, not at all. This I is thought a- Tin Man would uh, would be another name for Armus. <laughs> Did they that- find Armus again? This is that one where they find like a it's like a living creature that's the size of a starship, and it's like supposed to serve as a starship. Like, so they like beam aboard, and it's like. It's all like gooey, but if they want there to be a chair, it'll like make a chair appear out of the floor. <laughs> a gooey chair? Yeah. That sounds fun. I think it's a fun one. Is that starship a little bit like an aliens set? Yeah. Like a little a, a little gaggery? It's like it's a little like more it's a little less intricate than a Geiger set. It's like it's like if uh if you board a a starship hallway out of a pile of poo. Kind of, kind of a look. Uh-huh. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I remember liking this episode. It looks like they're ready to spend some money again. We've had a couple of episodes that... They've saved uh, up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. That sounds great. Let's go ahead and watch that. We have to, don't we? We have to. We're required by law. How many episodes are left in this season? They're all like 30-episode seasons, aren't they? Uh, I think this, this is a 26-episode season. Um, All right. Yeah. So, not too many left. Hmm. Not too many shopping days before Best of Both Worlds. Yeah, it's funny how uh, those episodes overshadow everything in season three. That's why so many of these episodes are hard to remember, mm-hmm. at least for me. Yeah. Well, and also we haven't had a Luaxana episode yet, and that's been <laughs> really nice. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is easy to remember is our gratitude for all of our viewers who have uh, helped make the production of this show possible yeah uh, if anyone would like to uh, to contribute to the production of the show they can go to maximumfun.org slash donate uh, we also really appreciate any reviews that uh, our viewers write or do uh, either in the form of stars or maybe they have a weblog where they like writing about things that they like or maybe they uh, write for a major publication and want to include us in their pages uh, it would be uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We love reading our uh, our clippings, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Except when they're angry and mean. We don't yeah. like that kind. So <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to talk to us about the show, we're all over the internet. Uh, we're on Twitter. Adam is at Cup for Time. I'm at Benjamin AHR. Use the hashtag GreatestGen to find all of the fun stuff from this show and all the past shows that's where you're gonna see your bill tilly trading cards for example right uh we're also on facebook the uh facebook group is the greatest generation and there's also a facebook page that you can like uh and then uh reddit is also super active there's like there's like more than 600 people on the reddit now it's it's going really busters yeah wow and uh a uh, lot lots of fun conversations happen there all week whether or not there's a new episode so uh give that a give that a gander yeah yeah i'd like to see some more commingling though between the official maximum fun reddit and uh and our filthy viewers over on our page yeah totally yeah so flip over a table over on the maximum fun reddit yeah turn a chair around sit on it ac slater style Sit on a on a lounger, rock some nuck over there. <laughs> yeah. Display your horgon. 
Yeah, it's a nice, nice group of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so uh, we should thank Dark Materia for our theme music and Adam Ragusia for our Jumbotron music. And with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a tin episode of The Greatest Generation. And a poop tunnel episode of The Greatest Generation. <laughs> a gooey, gooey chair episode. <laughs> you don't want to sit in that gooey chair, Ben. No, steer clear. <laughs> you definitely want to put down uh, some newspapers or something. Yeah. The uh, arts and leisure section, I recommend. <laughs> that's what that's good for. Yep. Hey, uh, were there any other scenes you wanted to discuss? I just want to do something real quick. Okay. Uh, forget it. Um, Are you jerking it to Jordy? Yes. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.